0: there, Marley Mates, and welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. If you are listening to this episode on its premiere date, then you will note that it is indeed a very special episode. Why is this a very special episode, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. Excuse me while I whip this out. I'm going to talk to you about a series that I have in place that I took a page out of Weezer's book as you all know from listening to previous episodes, Weezer is my all-time favorite band. And in 2022, they released a series of Seasons albums, all of which took place on the opening day or the very first day of each new season, where typically bands will release new music on specific days of the week fairly consistently. These dropped as they did. Play it where it lies. Whatever that first day of the season was is when these records premiered. And therefore, I'm going to reveal some projects that I have developed, a series of sculptures, all of which will premiere on the day of each new season. And so with that, I'm going to get started. Today, if you're listening, on the actual drop day, should be 23 September, of 23, imagine that, the autumnal equinox, as the scientists put it, or I like to call it the first day of autumn, and therefore that is actually the name of the piece that I'm going to discuss today, autumn. As I mentioned before, this is a series of four sculptures, and for those of you who may have caught or seen some footage from the art show that I had taken Uh, part in a few weeks ago, this was featured. And every other piece that I had had in the show has been discussed on this podcast so far, with the exception of Autumn. And I thought it was a good way to kind of dangle that carrot because I displayed her, and I say her because all of the mannequins. uh, Well, no, that's not true. Three out of the four are ladies. Um, But I displayed her. And now I'm going to talk about her. So I thought it was a good way to kind of ease into it. And I'm excited to talk about this. It's, um, I don't know if it's my favorite piece in the series, but who am I kidding? It's absolutely my favorite piece. Everybody knows how much I love autumn, the fall, Halloween, spooky season, all of the above. And so I've incorporated several elements of that on her. But it was the first one that I had done of the series, and at the time, I don't think I even really expected to make a series out of it. I just, uh, I kind of went with it and see where it took me, and then that's when I decided to go ahead and pursue that. So why don't we get started talking about Autumn? I completed Autumn on 12 December of 22, and... I can remember when I did so I had just barely been in my new apartment for just a not even a month and a half yet and the place was empty like it was it was barren I had some basic furniture and things like that no big deal but as far as like looking at it now it is wall to wall artwork because I have really spent the the bulk of my time just really being expressive, working on different projects, trying different things on and really just going to town on having ample time to just dedicate to it um, everything from a therapeutic outlet to just being creative or getting excited by trying new ideas. And so I'm constantly like trying to taking this take things into it like a different direction like something new, something, Unique, and I'm scouring thrift shops. We've talked about that before. A lot of upcycled things, other people's artwork taken to a different direction. And I was on Marketplace dicking around when I came across this mannequin bust. It was a female torso, kind of unique. It is basically kind of mid-thigh to mid-neck. There are no arms. Um... Probably medium-sized boobies, to be uh, completely scientific about it, um, and just very simple. It's freestanding. It's not. It's I would I would refer to it as life-size, but obviously it doesn't have all the parts and pieces. And it was headless. So I I found it on marketplace, and it was funny because the person in the ad was asking sixteen dollars. So I thought that was interesting, but whatever. I'm like, okay. I wrote and I said, would you be willing to do 10? And they're like, nope, 16. Okay, 16 it is then, which whatever. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to, it was still a, a deal and a half, but I just found the, the number to be interesting, to say the least. It's just odd to me, but whatever. I remember it being a very cold night when I picked it up and I saw it and I'm like, oh, this is money. This is I gotta, I got a. what am I gonna do with this? I don't know, but it needs a head. So I immediately took off uh, straight from meeting the person to getting the torso and went straight to Walmart. Picked up a foam head, came home and got right to work. And the first thing I wanted to do was attach the head. And what I did was I drilled a few screws into the top of the neck, the flat portion, Uh, so that I could have some type of a stronger structure to anchor the the head down. What I did was then measure the head, the neck, and kind of combine the two so that I had a place to set it where it was fairly flush. I had to trim the neck on the foam head a little bit just to get it to line up, and then I used hot glue to officially attach it. Then I used some modelite synthetic clay to kind of fill in the, the gaps a little bit and smooth it out. And I paper mache over the entire head and down the neck so that it would blend into the body. So that once it hardened, it was more of a solid structure just to give it that reinforcement. And that was that was it. At that point, I now had a blank canvas, so to speak. The, the content that I used to paper mache, the head was just a plain brown uh, shopping bag, paper bag, torn up so that it was just a very simple, simple foundation for the head. So then I said to myself, all right, where do I go from here? Uh, It's not uncommon for me to say how when I see something, I know immediately what I'm going to do with it. I had some ideas. I I knew what I wanted to to try on a couple of uh, different things that I had seen. But I wanted some type of a consistent foundation. What I did was I took a vintage, probably 70s era, Conan the Barbarian comic book. And the Conan books are a little bit bigger than average comics. They're more closer to like a magazine size page. And what was awesome about these, I'm not a huge Conan Conan guy, but I like the artwork. I like the, uh, the use of size paper in those type of books because it's very similar to the older Monster Magazine style but what I did was cut them up. I didn't tear them up I just cut them up and what was cool is that these comics are old. They're thrift shop flea market finds, yard sales been in basements for decades they're aged they're yellowed. They've got that classic smell to them Uh, she doesn't smell like that anymore but what I did was I cut pages out and cut specific panels. Now, when I decoupage them all over the entire body, they're overlapping and they're layered and and what have you, but I didn't tear the pages. It's not rough, it's not um, random and sloppy. It's very much a precise comic panel all over the entire torso of the piece. I did not put any on the head. I had some that kind of work up the neck, but it did not go onto the head itself. My intention was to fully paint the head, which I did. And so I strategically placed a lot of the different comic panels on here to showcase some of the more uh, interesting or different appealing artwork that I liked out of the comics. And so I tried to put some of that stuff front and center so that you could clearly see some of the artwork within the comic itself. So that's kind of the foundation of the entire piece. When it comes to the head, that was a whole different ballgame altogether. That was completely hand-painted, but it was inspired by some makeup techniques that I had seen online. I love around this time of year, you'll see all sorts of makeup tutorials and different videos, the TikToks, as the kids do with the makeup, with the thing, with the thing. And somebody had done a piece that resembled a jack-o'-lantern. And I thought it was cool because it was a jack-o'-lantern face, but part of it was exposed to reveal like an actual human face underneath. And I wanted to emulate that. So I painted the entire head like a pumpkin. And then I went on to paint as if I were carving that pumpkin. And what I did was I carved somewhat of a diamond shape for the left eye, traditional triangular nose, but it's kind of lean and skinny. And then the mouth itself is just a jagged zigzag line. The right eye is fairly open and exposed and it has a very particular just beauty makeup. It has a a blue eye, it has a light purple eyeshadow over the eyelid, Uh, some fairly detailed eyebrow work over top of it, and the skin tone is relatively basic um, kind of cream-colored flesh. Of course, I use the classic dots like I always do, and I incorporate that. There's some eyelashes and what-have-you. So it's very much a as much of a realistic cartoon-looking-ish eyeball. Around that, where the pumpkin meets the skin, I have stitching all around. All of the markings on the pumpkin head are stitched. And so you have the black shapes in which you have the eye, the nose and the mouth, but they are all also outlined with blue paint marker as well as uh, white paint marker and then embellished over a third time with black stitching. And so it gives like a very, very much a scarecrow type vibe, a very stitched, almost Frankensteinish type vibe. Yet the remainder of the entire face and head is all orange and painted, very detailed with browns and reds and yellows, much like you would see with a natural pumpkin. Now I put some additional line work around the neck as well as some um, Painted on rivets, and they're very fine. You can't necessarily see them. They don't stand out tremendously, but painted on rivets that go down the front of the neck, and then some stitching around the base of the neck that goes all the way around the neck into the back and shoulders is written, excuse me, drawn in black and then embellished with a silver paint pen. That is part one of the head more to follow. Yeah, I'm going to come back to the head. There's more to talk about, obviously. Like if if you've seen the pictures, you've seen the album art, you've seen what took place at the art show, you know there's more to the story. And uh, I'll come back to that. But let's talk about just the body itself. So the Conan decoupage is just essentially the foundation. It wasn't meant to be the focal point. It was just kind of like a A filler but with a lot to see a lot to look at and I started just incorporating different things that I had wanted to use I've mentioned before on the show that I save everything I save lots of stuff like if I see something and I get an idea from it or I think I might want to use it some somewhere later down the line I keep it I like set it aside and then just you know pull it out on a rainy day Uh, the stuff I save that is and so I I start like looking at this and I'm like, well, what do I want to do with it? And so I look kind of, I don't know, just looking around and I'm, I'm kind of gawking at it. I'm like, well, I gotta I gotta do something with her uh, lovely lady lumps there because you know I can't just have them hanging out. We got to do something a little bit classier than that. And so I love nautical stars. I use them in a lot of stuff. I haven't used them a ton lately, but I, I've used them often. And so I thought yeah, I'll put some of those on there and that'll look nice. Um, And so what I did was I, I did use just black and white printed nautical stars and I put them over where the nipples would be and it just didn't seem like it was enough. And so then I used a couple of the Misfits, Crimson Ghost, the classic skull, to go over them as well on top of the stars. And so I thought that looked pretty cool. And that image is iconic. I've used that a ton. Obviously, it's pretty significant in inspiration and use that I've gone so far as to get that image actually tattooed on my hand, as many of you have probably already seen. Misfits were a huge, are a huge uh, influence in not only my creative style, but just like using their music to connect in different ways. I feel like art. Interests are very similar. Their inspirations are my inspirations, and then the stuff that they've were inspired by has created their music, which then adds more onto my inspiration as well. So I, I listen to it, listen to them all the time, constantly. I just can't get enough. I've seen them so many times and they're they're outstanding. Anyways, I'm not gonna keep tooting that horn. But on the upper chest area, I painted Freehand a couple of very crude and just, um, just very loosely expressionistic, a couple of sparrows or swallows. Like you, you see, those are classic nautical tattoos that sailors will often get, and I, I have them myself on my chest. And they're just black with blue, white, and silver embellishment paint pen on top of it. So I I kind of blocked it in with some black paint and then went over it and detailed it. But it's very, very loose, very expressive. Abstract, almost. And then in between them, but kind of over to the left of the chest, is an image that you will find I have used repeatedly and especially on this series of the seasons where I incorporated a broken heart that was stitched onto the exterior of the piece. It's all painted on, but it, it gives the impression that it is indeed stitched. And where the the heart is broken down the middle, that crack too is stitched back together. And so the heart's layered. There's a black background, and then it, there's like a, a very dark red over top of that. And then the stitching is done in white and black, and so it very well pops and there's a kind of a bleeding component that that runs down the front uh, between the breasts, and there are what are very similar and used in a lot of religious artwork. When you see any sort of burning heart or bleeding heart type imagery are some like radiant lines coming off of it, so that is very prominent in this piece. Now moving down and kind of following with the eye down to the little bit below center mass, you have uh, I'm going to skip down and then come back up. And so my favorite, favorite aspect of the piece is I used a collage of what was a combination of Janet Jackson on the cover of Rolling Stone, classic uh, magazine cover where she's topless and has a person behind her holding her so that she's not fully exposed. She's got her arms up behind her head. But in place of her head, I used the Bride of Frankenstein, as depicted by Elsa Lanchester. And I went out there and embellished her a little bit, added some some additional stitches and so forth. And then over the hands, over the knuckles that are holding her, I put the tattoos that I have across my knuckles that says, walk hard on there. I also, in classic tattoo font style text, put walk hard very faintly in, in the middle, just above her. So behind her, I painted some yellow kind of glow behind her. So she really pops and it's, it's just, I don't know, it's something about it that I just really love how it comes together and she just stands out. And I painted her eyes, her eyes and her lips bright red. The rest of her is just all black and white. And then right below, if you were to scroll down for on her, it's kind of covering her belly, but where it lands on the entire piece itself, down over covering up those nether region lady bits, I put another nautical star, so she's uh, decent, as they say. Above the bride, I have Jack and Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Silhouettes looking in at each other, and you you'll probably recall from a previous episode one of the first ones we did. I painted a Jack and Sally piece, and so I had done these around the same time, and I was just kind of on that kick. It was December after all, and it was still very much coming off of the the autumn season. And so there's other elements from the comic itself that I thought were just really great pieces of art, and to highlight those, even though they're already there, to make them stand out more so than just the rest of the comic and the yellowed pages and what have you, I decided to paint over them to help them kind of pop. And so on one leg, you'll find that there's a kind of a zombie green-faced creature. On one of the hips, there's a skeleton, and I painted it completely red. And it just, it works. And I think it's it's something to help... Highlight what somebody already worked on and somebody else's artwork as as well. It's just another way to, to really bring it into the mix. And so I mentioned before that around the neck there's like some stitching, and I wanted to kind of have that theme throughout where it's similar to like a Bride of Frankenstein style piece where all these different elements were incorporated. So I extended that stitching down the very back as well. So this piece is is a 360 degree piece. Like you can walk all the way around it and and see stuff. And that was intentional. And all but one of the sculptures resemble that. And you'll see what I'm talking about when those come around. But I wanted to have this be something that was bigger than just surface level appearance. And I I had it pretty much where I felt like I wanted it. And I told you before, I was coming back to the head. Well, it's a foam head and I wanted to add some type of silk flower to it because I thought that that would be a way to showcase the the season a little bit more. And I, I first started with just a couple of very simple flowers. I thought I'd put like a flower behind the ear or just something basic like that, where it was just, just a slight little accent, but it wasn't, it wasn't adequate. It wasn't enough. I wasn't satisfied with that. So then I added a few more and then a few more. And then I'm like, you know what, this is, this needs to go big. And so I did, I blew it up and gave her this full head of flowers. So she's got this massive autumn headdress where, you know, is it a headdress? Is it a hair? Is it, is it part of her? You be the judge. I don't know. Figure it out. But I love it. Like that, really, to me, is what tied the piece all together. I feel like the face alone shows that you know it damn well. It's it's an autumn piece because it's it's a pumpkin head, right? It's a it's a jack o' lantern face. Yeah, people like me celebrate year-round, but at the same time, anybody else is going to see that and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Halloween thing, whatever." When you see all of the silk floral arrangement around, like a halo, like a just a a blazing, beaming, glowing, surrounding, just giant. Oh man, this is crazy. Uh, I can't even put it into words because it's just. It just fits. It just works. And, like, it came together organically. I didn't have to force it. Like, I just... I, I bought these silk flowers, and I just started to arrange them, and it just, like, boom. It just it just happened, and it, it was... It was pretty powerful when I was working on it. It was definitely something that I, um, I needed at the time. I was in a pretty dark place. A very dark place, rather. Um, and it somehow... I don't know. It uh, it it got me by until until the next piece, um, but it was definitely a significant. Um, I don't know. You think of autumn and you think of the harvest. You think of you think of things starting to kind of come to an end as it's moving into a, a new season. The summer's over. Things are cooling down. I think of corn stalks. I think of, you know, the things that were and no longer are. The leaves turn, they fall. And um, I think this captures that. I think it, it kind of leads in that direction. And I don't know. I, um, I love it. But what I really loved about it was seeing it at the art show. I can't take credit for the the setup. The the staff there arranged the entire display of the entire show, and the way this was showcased. When I have it at home, it sits on the floor. It's a floor piece. It just it's uh, it's freestanding. So you know, I didn't. It just sits on the floor. It's in front of my TV, whatever, and entertainment center, fireplace thing, and it's just uh, it's just there. But when they displayed it, they put it on top of this crate. And I saw it in a completely different way for the first time, and it just blew my mind because it was like, I was eye to eye with it. And that was nuts. That was, uh, it was almost looking at somebody else's piece. It was like looking at uh, something that I I could admire, but it wasn't necessarily something that I had done. And then once I was able to realize that it was my piece, like it just, it hit different. It felt different. It felt great. Um, Still does. And so that's uh, that's Autumn. She's, um, she's about 45 inches tall, 16 inches across from um, shoulder to shoulder. And I feel like I um, was able to kind of grow quite a bit from this, from being able to work on her. And at the time, I was very much... Listening to the the Weezer autumn album still because the the winter album had not yet dropped And I had also been listening to uh, Jerry only's anti hero Jerry only is the lead singer or I Should say founding member at one time lead singer of the misfits during various eras, but he dropped a solo record in October of uh, of 22 And I was listening to that kind of jamming out with those two pieces and just trying to extend the season. Um, but it was um, it was something. And I still, to this day, every time I look at it, it's just, it's it gives me a feeling that I can't quite explain or put my finger on. But I, I like how it makes me feel. So that's um, that's part one of this Seasons series. And I really look forward to discussing winter with you. And I, uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it too. I shouldn't even say kick out of it. It's it's kind of almost a serious piece. Uh, it's, it's quite serious, as a matter of fact. But um, yeah, stay tuned. Obviously, we got more episodes in between. But when it comes time for that special winter solstice edition, I'll see you back here on Thursday, 21 December. Hey, Marley mates, what's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you. Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at M-R-M-M-H-O-D. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1. Or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.